Hey loves, I'm Kendall. And I'm Jess. And welcome to Talk Fiction to Me. May the odds ever be in your favor. No, that was wrong. May the odds ever be in your favor. May the odds be ever in your favor. Oh my god. (laughs) But yes, um, they were not in her favor, but we'll get there. (laughs) Yes. Happy Hunger Games. This is our first episode on the book slash movie. So we're going to talk about both. Yes. I'm super excited. This is a much better nostalgia read than Twilight. Like, 100%. <laughs> without question, a much better, like, book to recommend if people want that vibe. Yeah. Or, I When I first started reading it, I just immediately just brought me back to all the feels. And I know. it's very, like, relevant to today, even, the themes of this book. Yeah, it hits... A lot different, like, reading it now than it did reading yeah. it back in the day. The like, symbolism behind a lot of these things is still yeah. very much relevant. Yeah. Even more so today, honestly. It's, yeah. I love it. It was such a good reread. Um, and I always enjoy watching the movies. But it actually had been a while since I watched it. Yeah, I, think, I haven't so. watched the movies in a long while. Yeah. So it was, it was good to watch it. I was excited. I know. So good. Honestly, like, one of the best, like, book-to-movie adaptations ever. Totally agree with you. So good. Yes. Okay, well, before we get into it, announcements. Um, So make sure you're listening carefully. Our winner for uh, the episode of People We Meet on Vacation and the Love Hypothesis was Vanessa. She is one of our very loyal listeners. We love you, Vanessa. Thanks for listening. Um, and hopefully you were able to spend that little Amazon gift card on something uh, that you've been wanting <laughs> from from one of the many recommendations that we've been giving everyone. <laughs> so hopefully you enjoyed that gift. But everyone else, make sure you listen. Remember, you can only win once per season. Um, but listen carefully. Yeah. Those are all my announcements. <laughs> lot going on. Well, guys, we're going to jump in to The Hunger Games. Um, honestly, so excited to talk about this. Do you want to give ratings for a book separately from movie? Yeah, I okay. think so. So, Well, they're going to be very similar. Yeah, but we'll <laughs> preface this with this is YA in the highest sense of the word. Um, the traditional so, YA love triangle. <laughs> yeah, and like pretty well across the board, Spice is like 0.5. This like, is maybe. why you go to fan fiction and yeah. read some fanfic. Yeah, if you need that, go for it. Right here in these books. Katniss and Peeta is are seventeen. Gail is like eighteen. Like they're young, um, and that's really not the focus of these books, which is totally fine. It's such a great story; it doesn't need it. Yeah, um, yeah. So, all right, my wine glass rating. I give the book nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. I would give it 10 out of 10, but it's a YA book for me, so. <laughs> um, 9 out of 10. Obviously, we talked about the spice. There's, like, no spice, so I'm going to say 0 out of 5. Yeah. Um, movie, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Honestly, the best book-to-movie adaptation. Yeah. They did it so well. 
while still taking some liberties, but for the most part, they stayed right on script. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. So I loved it. What about you? For me, definitely 9 out of 10 on the book. Honestly, like 9.5. It was, it's one of my favorite books, um, and it's not that long, and I would literally recommend it to everyone, like teenagers, adults, anyone. Like if you're into this kind of breed, I think anyone who sits down and checks it out will enjoy it. Um, yeah, I know why a lot of schools, at least in America, have kids to read this book. Mm-hmm. So I know, like, I don't know if this is a thing over in Europe or not, but, like, when you're in in high school, usually you have, like, you have a project and you have some type of, you know, relevant book that's been, like, a lot of people do the Kill, Kill a Mockingbird or, I don't know. Pride and Prejudice. There's a bunch of books that Grapes people. Of wrath. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but I know, like your your sister read this. She did. Yeah, when she was in high school for mm-hmm. for school, because um, of how much symbolism is is in this book and the themes tied to um, America, just in general. Like District Twelve is very much like West Virginia, like coal miners. Like you know, there's so many different things that can be tied to things that have happened in america yeah it's it's an intense freaking book but it's so good and i think that was for sure her like point in doing that but i don't even think at the time when this came out i just don't think even then the author probably realized how close to home it would hit in just you know less than yeah you know, 20 years. So. Yeah. Movie for me, I didn't get to that, but movie is definitely like a 10 out of 10. It's a great, it's a great movie. It's a great adaptation. And I think even if you're not a reader, if you want to sit down and like take in this type of um, content, then just watching the movie is going to be like super enjoyable. Yeah. I love the cast. I just wish uh, Josh Hutcherson, which who he plays, uh, PETA, I wish he was taller. <laughs> He's too short. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't bother me. I don't really care about it. He's um, too short for me. I mean, for her, but I know she's so tall. Like yeah. Jennifer Lawrence is very tall in general. But I think Josh Hutcherson was cast super well. Like, yeah, no, he played Peta really well. Yeah. I just wish he was a little taller. You know, because in my head in the book, like he was taller and super muscular. Yeah. But, yep. But, but it's okay. you know, it, it worked out. No, it was still good. Yeah. It's Kentucky boy. So. You know. <laughs> Um, should we do spoiler alert? Because we should just get into it, right? Yeah, I think everybody pretty well knows the premise of this series. If not, I don't know where you've been, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's a post-apocalyptic, not really, it's a dystopian, futuristic dystopian novel, um, YA set in what was previously North America. Um, and every year, the government of what is now Pan Am has um, a Hunger Games where two children, a boy and a girl from every district, their 12 district, are called into a competition to fight to the death. And it is graphic and sad and awful, but the themes are just so <laughs> on point. I don't know. It's great. But yeah, that's pretty much the premise of this story. Yeah. It's gory. Yeah, yeah, it can be for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Spoiler alert. So, 
I mean, we really just dive right in to the book, like to the day of the reaping. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like going back and reading this again, like I, those little details, like I could not remember. There are so many little things that I had forgotten because I've like consumed the movie like a lot since I've like read it Mm -hmm. and I was young and so there are like little details that I forgot but honestly it is crazy to me how true they were able to stay to the to the book yeah like I was watching the movie making a list on my phone of like the things that I noticed that they changed and Mm -hmm. there was really not that much no I mean there's a big one at the end that we'll talk about but like there's not that much and nothing that really like takes away from the story at all yeah, definitely. I think they did a really good job of of staying true to the characters that we love. And rereading this made me remember and kind of appreciate Katniss more because I feel like when I first read this, I was like, oh my, I hate, well, to be fair, I hate love triangles. It is one of the tropes <laughs> that I fucking hate. I hate it so much. But this was... The most epic love triangle. Yeah. Uh, I think more epic. Well, I don't know. Well, we're not talking about Bella, Edward, and no. Jacob. But this this is a different one. I th- But my point is that she is a young kid who had to grow up so fast and take care of her baby sister because her mom couldn't. So she was basically a mom at, you know, 12, right? And, yeah. And then now she's... 16 almost 17 or or she is 17 i can't remember she's 16 yeah um and she's still trying to figure out herself so i appreciated the love triangle and like her compute what the love triangle doesn't really begin until kind of the end of this book yeah um into the next but the start the start of it begins here Mm -hmm. um and you, just, like, th- thinking back to at least when I was 16, I was clueless. Like, and I feel like she's clueless, too. She doesn't really realize. Well, yeah. And she's in this position where she's like, why would I ever even want, like, I don't even want to get married or have kids. Like, it's not worth it. Society is shit. I don't want to have to watch my kids potentially get, you know, murdered in the Hunger Games. Like, why would I want to do that? And, you know, Gail who is, you know, her best friend for all intents and purposes. They hunt together. They do a lot of things together and both provide for their families. He's clearly in love with her. Yeah, because both their dads died in the mine explosion um, at the same time. And he's a couple years older than her. Um, I think this is the last time Gail's name is going to be in the drawing for the Hunger Games. And it's in there like 46 times. Like, it's super intense because he keeps having to get more stuff for his family. And... I think she struggles with, like, her – she sees him as, like, a brotherly figure, but I think also she sees him that way because she doesn't allow herself to think anything else. Yeah, but Gail will be a little gaslighter later. Of course, and we'll get to that. We don't want to spoil the later books if this is the only one you've read, but there are issues with Gail for sure. But I also think that Katniss, like, will not allow herself to – even, like, think about the possibility of those feelings because of, you know, society. I mean, you can't blame her. Well, they definitely chose the right man to play Gail. If we wanted a heartthrob, we got one. I'm telling you, like, so well Liam. Uh, He was, like, no one really knew who he was that much, like, when this came out. It really, like, kicked off his and... 
um, Jennifer. Jennifer Lawrence's career, I feel like. Yeah. Um, he was the perfect choice. Yeah, he was a great, solid choice. He was exactly a great choice of who <laughs> Gail was. Nice eye candy that we needed as well. Yeah. He looks great. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, and you kind of now, like, reading that after having seen the movie, like, this is one instance where you can picture those characters from the show or from the movie, and it fits perfectly well. Like, yeah. there's no one really that I felt like wasn't well cast. They I'm were a good to even trio. Think of one, like they, I can't. Yeah, they were a good trio. Effie, oh my gosh, oh, Elizabeth um, Banks, Banks, oh. such a great one. So, the guy who plays Hamish, oh, so amazing. amazing. The whole cast, like, I know. Uh, Senna. Senna, great. I know. Like, I, I, Snow, President Snow, great. Yep. Everyone was so good. They did such an amazing job on casting yeah. for this. And they're, like, costumes, like, are exactly how I pictured. They look absolutely I know. ridiculous, it's and I so love it. so good. I love it. Oh, they brought to life the book in a way that I never expected them to be able to do. I know. They really did. Oh, and can we talk about Stanley Tucci as, <laughs> as uh, what's his name? Caesar Flickerman. Yes, please. Was literally ideal. Like, so, no one could have done that. All of it, so, it was so good. I know. So good. I know. And <sighs> even though, even watching it today, it still seemed, like, the, the whole production of it was so good. I know. It's been, um... 10 years since the first movie came out and it has not gotten any less great like yeah. it aged really well they did a great job i just uh chef's kiss seriously. yeah i could just so, sit here and talk about that but so good okay so the the book um it was a lot so i forgot reading this like going back and rereading this how much of it is inner dialogue <laughs> Yeah, there, it's a lot. <laughs> there is a lot of inner dialogue, actually, and um, but it's not bad. I mean, I think it's just. I mean, you need to get to know Katniss and like how her thought processes work and things like that. And it, I mean, you know, it makes you understand her and her mm -hmm. later choices because we needed that background of her. Yeah, so it made sense. Also, she's not going to be like chatting it up with everyone while they're trying to murder each no, other in no. the arena. She is like <laughs> she's a loner. Like she is a very self-sufficient, independent person. Like she doesn't need anyone. She even says at one point that her sister is the only person in the world that she knows for certain that she loves. Yeah. And I'm like, sad. that's sad. I mean Which is why I was total team PETA because he brought out he, he he was the sunshine for her darkness. Oh, absolutely. Peta brought out a softer side of Katniss that I think she needed, but I also think that the audience needed. Yeah. Not just the audience for The Hunger Games, but also, like, the reader. Yeah, for sure, because it was so dark. The themes were so, so, so dark. Yeah. But Katniss is, like, the OG badass bitch. Like, she is. She is, like... She inspired a wave of girls to, like, do their shit, right? Mm -hmm. Like, honestly. And I'm not just saying that. Like, I remember when I was reading this, I was like, I'm going to fucking learn how to shoot a bow and arrow. Um, yeah. Absolutely, please. Thank you. Like, 
Everybody was, she so, was so obsessed s- with her. And she just, I mean, she's a very inspiring character, even with her, like, total kind of locked down, like, I don't need any one personality. Yeah, the mental themes in this book are Mm -hmm. sometimes hard to read because it's very relevant. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like... I feel like Katniss is an Aquarius. Oh, (laughs) a thousand percent. (laughs) She's either an Aquarius or she's a Capricorn, so... I think that's why we relate to her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But J-Law played it so well, too. Like, she... That easily could have not gone well, like, with her having to be that, like, broody, like unhappy like non-smiling type mm-hmm. who has to then kind of let that softer side out with her sister with Peta, with rue but it it she did it so well it was executed perfectly she looked like a baby in this they all did yeah. to be fair but when they have her in a braid it she looks 10 years younger doesn't she i feel yeah. like she looks well, so she was. young <laughs> well i know but i mean Ten years younger than she was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when she she played that, she was 21. It's not even like she was in her teens. I know. It was, yeah, she did look super young. They all did, like you said, but... At first, honestly, like, the first page, I got into it, and I was like, oh, my God, I forgot. Like, Mm -hmm. this is so... Seriously, though. And, and like, as, as soon as I was getting into it, I was thinking, this might be kind of, like hard to read right now like with these themes and like what's going on in the world in america like even if you don't live here like i'm sure you know like it's it's a little crazy but like and it has been for a while right so i think it just makes you look at it in a different light honestly watching the movie was worse than reading it yeah because it's the district 10 like after rue dies i know that was hard to watch that was 11 i think right yeah yeah district 11 yeah yeah so so tough because the it, riots that showed in there was mm-hmm. a little bit but you know yeah. you're sitting there watching it and they obviously that's not in the book like they did that you know for you to kind of see on the back end like what's happening in the world um, well they talked about outside of katniss's perspective yeah. yeah and it was i mean you're watching that and you're like yeah like obviously you just watched them like ruthlessly murder your child on national television and you're forced to watch it right and you see this other girl in the same competition who should be brutal that's what they're supposed to do right like not give a shit and Katniss you know she takes care of her and she lays flowers around her and she tries to protect her and it was just heart-wrenching yeah honestly it yeah it was a lot yeah but so good so the movie so good yeah so let's talk about Peta and katniss oh little love babies <laughs> our little Peta has been in love with her forever, forever. obviously right like yeah. i mean we had to have that of course and she noticed him she realizes by the end she's like i've noticed him i've definitely like always this is why i always was like Oh, Katniss. Yeah. Your hard exterior, you will eventually fall in love with the little blonde boy. I know. I know. And I don't know. Their banter is really cute, but it's not like, it's not fun, really. Like, there are times when they have, like, a light joke, but, like, their interactions from the get-go are very, like, real. You know what I mean? To me, it was always going to be them. 
Because how can you be with someone else who doesn't understand what you've, what been, you've through? been through? Of course. And they shared something together. And like I said, PETA was her sunshine. You yeah. Know? Like, she it needed brought something him else. just as much as he needed her. Like, you know, and you know what I love about PETA? Like, that one scene where he's like, I'll be fine. I have you to protect me now. I'm like, yeah, because she doesn't need your protection. And he knows that and he gets that and he doesn't try to pretend mm-hmm. that she's something that she's not. What a man. What a true man. I, Little baby man about to grow up. I know. And I'll expand more on that. But isn't it funny how PETA's dad was in love with Katniss's mom back in the day? The symbolism is not know, lost on me. I know. Oh, my God. Talk about the little the, all the Easter eggs. Okay, yes. So oh, my I'm, God. I'm reading this, and I'm like, that's foreshadowing. That's foreshadowing. That's foreshadowing. Like, at that part, right before they go into the arena where Pe- uh, Peta and Katniss are talking um, mm-hmm. that night that they can't sleep, and he's like, I just yep. don't want them to change me. I don't want to be another pawn in their games. I was like, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I won't elaborate, but, like, Peter there's got- so much foreshadowing in this. Peta's story is... He got the short end of the stick. I know. I'm just going to say that. I He did. Bless him. His Poor mom guy. is a bitch. She sucks. Total bitch. She sucks. And it's so, I don't know. It just, his dad is clearly like the nice one. His dad in the books came to visit Katniss before they left. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? Okay. So the things that they left out of the movie, Peter's dad, mm-hmm. um, the Katniss's friend, who is the mayor's daughter. Yeah, so in the book, the mayor's daughter has that Mockingjay pin on, and they, like, run into each other in the square or whatever, and she comes to see Katniss before they leave and gives her the pin. And in the movie, I get why they changed it, because it just, like, wasn't necessary. There was no more that came from that with the mayor's daughter, really, but... In the movie, she finds it in the square, like in the hob, when she's like tr- trading her catches from hunting, and the old lady just gave it to her. Yeah, I mean, it was another person for Katniss to mm-hmm. spoiler eventually lose, though. Right. So you don't get that in the movie, but she has plenty of things to lose <laughs> in the movie. Still, yeah. uh, I just liked having it. It kind of made her. Seem less like a loner. Like, she had other people yeah, you know in her I mean? life, yeah. for sure. And I think that's kind of why that was written into the book, honestly. Yeah, like, so she wasn't completely yeah. um, alone. Hey, Mitch, in the book, <laughs> shows up, like, on stage during the reaping, like, before they get started with the ceremony. And he literally is, like, so drunk and stumbling he vomits, around. doesn't he? He vomits and he falls off the stage. <laughs> I wish they would have kept that. I know, and they, I wonder if they filmed that and didn't use it. Like they probably did, and they didn't have that in the movie. But it was they kept that somber note. I think. Yeah, I was gonna say. I I feel like they were trying to establish how dark yeah. it was in the movie that. Yeah, they probably felt like this was a better direction for them to go in. Totally. Uh, and then it would have been funny if they had. Hamish puke on the train like he did in uh, the book. Oh, I know. I know. Where Peta, they have to like take him into the shower and then he tells mm-hmm. Katniss to leave. Um, that's but probably it, when they could have done it. Yeah. But instead we get his nasty foot on Peta's chest. <laughs> <laughs> I hate feet. That, that was, was so, so gross. gross. So I forgot gross. that happened. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when I watched that in the movie again, I was like, oh my god, I've put that out of my brain. Like, <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. So like, what did you think about the arena? Uh, I didn't have problems with it. Yeah, I think it was, they did it really well. Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like and was- yeah, and I appreciate in the movie being able to see the like behind the scenes of that of them like manipulating the field of play and stuff. I thought it was brilliant for yeah. them to do that. And I think it, and it was needed. Totally. I think it really helps people who didn't read the book like understand that because you don't have that inner dialogue from Katniss like you know because she knows like how it works and stuff for the most part but like we get to see that on screen and I think that ties everything together really well. Yeah and you get to see the beginnings of President Snow and his mm-hmm. psy- psycho He's crazy. And this is why I can't read the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I don't want that. I don't want him to be somewhat humanized. No, I really don't. I don't need that. We didn't need that. I would have been fine if it was like a prequel of maybe like the first Hunger Games. Or Or Katniss's dad. I don't know. Anything. Yeah. Haymitch. Any of it I would have been like cool with. But snow i don't feel like we needed that i feel like i would read that and then just have a really bad taste in my mouth the same way i did when i read midnight Sun, <laughs> we've so. been triggered i know we have so much ptsd from i like midnight feel like Sun I, can't, I can't read prequels anymore i know i feel like i can't not talk about it either like, it's just like in my brain seared there forever but yeah, yeah i just am not it's not a vibe it's um, not a vibe. <laughs> well, we'll continue down this path of differences between the books and the movies, and then we can talk about in specific storylines. But in the movie, well, in the book, the beasts that chase them at the finale of The Hunger yeah. Games yeah. are clearly, like, animalistic caricatures of the dead tributes. Like, they have their eyes and stuff and things like that. And These were just mutts. Yeah, they were just d- big, scary dog things. But and, again, Easter egg. <laughs> Yeah, but I was glad that they didn't do that because I was worried about how that might look cheesy or weird and it just wouldn't translate well. So I was glad they didn't do that, actually. Yeah, I, I thought it was fine. I thought the whole sequence of events yeah. with the actual Hunger Games, mm-hmm. I thought they did a great job. On. A great job. And all of the tributes, I think, were cast really well. Kato, perfect. Yeah. Um, Rue, Perfect. All of Thresh, all of them. Honestly, I feel like we're done really well. Mm -hmm. Um, So the big, big change that they made in the movies is that at the end of the book, when the games are over um, and they have won together, um, PETA's like half dead from like... His leg his injury. leg injury, and then he got fucked up again. I from totally the forgot about he, this. This was such a big thing that I hated when I was younger. That like in the books he that they it? didn't that they didn't follow because he had to get a fake leg. He lost his leg and got a prosthetic, and like the very end when they take them back to the capital to be healed, like. Katniss is like screaming for him, screaming for him. And I would, he didn't have to lose his leg. I understand why they didn't play into that. Like, I can get that. But he needed to be like more injured to where like she didn't know if he was going to make it or not. Like, they didn't do that whole scene. And I feel like that was like really integral to you realizing like how strongly Katniss felt mm-hmm. about PETA. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I rem- I totally remember this now when I was younger. I was disappointed and not happy about about that part. But I do get why it would have been hard for them to film like him. 
Yeah. With that, all of that, so I can understand. Yeah. Especially with all the things that are, like, coming down the line. Like, I get, like, it wasn't the most important thing, him losing his leg, to, like, occur. But there needs to be that emotional tie. Yeah, we needed that emotion, I think, from Katniss at the end, just, like, not knowing if he was going to be alive or not. Because she was like, I literally, herself in the book, she's like, I just truly didn't, couldn't stand the thought of him not being around. And she says that in the movie at the end when they're being interviewed, but you get the sense that it's more it's of fake. a show. Yeah, exactly. And in the book, it didn't feel fake. No, not at all. Because it wasn't, she wasn't saying that to anyone in yeah. that instance. In the part that I'm thinking about, she was just thinking, uh, you know, it was her inner dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The ending could have, I feel like they could have done a little bit a better job on the Peta Katniss piece. Yeah. Yep. But, I mean, I appreciate, I see what they did, and I like the ending where she saw Gail, like, holding her sister uh, well, in the audience. That was really sweet. I feel sweet. like that was a very deliberate move oh, of, yeah. the, you know, of Peta and her, and you see this, it's a triangle, they make a triangle. Mm-hmm. If you visually see it, it's a triangle, too. I know. And in the books, they have more of, like, a, an argument at the end, her and Peta do, mm-hmm. because she's very clear, like, oh, Hamish has been coaching me, like, he made me say these things, and he's like... He's like fucked up about it because he believed her. Like mm, poor Peta, and she's she's here just she not is. there. She's not there yet. She well, doesn't understand either. I just think that she doesn't want to be there. Like it's still a defense mechanism. I think of like she knows she has deeper feelings for him, but she just has to put those her those walls are up. Like to she's be not ready fair to, down. to her, you have to remember throughout this whole book, she thought that he was playing a game. Yeah. Because she's so jaded. Yeah, she's so jaded, though. She has to be thinking he's just trying to win. He he wants to get back. He wants to live. Mm -hmm. She has no idea. It's the typical, like, teenager thing. Like, Peta should have been more forthcoming about Mm -hmm. his feelings, but he was afraid of rejection. I get that. And Katniss was a teenage girl who... Never, ever, ever thought about having a romance with anyone, mm-hmm. for that matter. And now she has all these complicated feelings. And she's thrown into this insane thing where she has to kill people to survive and save her family. And yeah. then now they're, she's supposed to be in love with this guy. But she's starting to feel feelings for him. But then it's confusing. So I can... I can give some sympathy to her that I don't think I had when I was a teenager. Right. <laughs> and to be fair, I do think Peta tried to be more forthcoming it's just like Katniss had this she doesn't trust like as yeah. easily as you know he has to teach her how to how, how to, to trust. trust people and that he's you know worthy of that trust and I think she's just not there yet because this whole time she's like we were thrown in this scenario because of the games because we're yeah. supposed to be killing each other and you know it he partners up Peta. with yeah and he partners up with the, the career tributes to protect her but she just saw it as a betrayal from the get-go and Mm -hmm. and she was never surprised like these are just things that she expects right and so i think she is surprised by these like you said those complicated feelings and she doesn't know know what to do with it Mm -hmm. um and so i think Peta feels hurt and she feels confused and i mean they're young they're 16 years old you know i didn't have it figured out i still don't have it figured out i'm 25 yeah it's just (laughs) and i'm not even a dystopian world (laughs) yeah where everything's heightened anyway like yeah yeah i I could give more grace this time around reading it this time around yeah for sure but then you're like 
I mean, Katniss, sweetie, you couldn't pretend that well if it wasn't a little <laughs> bit real. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I like, get upset in the next book about a couple of things. I know. So I'm, I'll talk about it when we have the next episode. Yeah. But this was a good establishing of the world, the political shit show that's happening, and the character development that has just mm-hmm. begun. Yeah. But they've made a lot lots of information like threw a lot of information at us yeah and i think she did a really good job of showing you the world and building this world without having to like over explain it if you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean um and to be fair it's not a fantasy fantasy like it's you know our world so it's a little bit easier for her to like get away with that um, but I just, I think she did a really good job of building the world without us having to be overloaded with information. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All that being said, I do have a little bit of beef with the world um, that I just find is a little bit confusing. And honestly, probably not a lot of people are thinking about this, but it bugged me as an adult, whereas it did not when I was younger. Have you ever looked at the map? No. So... Obviously, like I said, it's North America, and they talk about how there was, like, famine and flooding, and, like, a lot of the land is underwater. You can see, like, Florida, California, like, a lot of the coastal lines are, you know, further in, and they talk about the capital being, like, in the Rocky Mountains, and District 13, or District 12 is, like, Appalachia. District 13 is, like, north of there, so, like, Maine, New York, that type of area, but so... Every time they have a gathering, all of District 12 is gathering here in the square, right? And they all mm-hmm. seem to be in this really small collection of, of land. But the piece of land that they're on is actually really large. And I'm like, how are all the people in this entire district just like right here in this little square if the district is this big? You know, that's what I don't get. Yeah, I did notice. It that is a actually, little bit confusing. At the very like when they're on uh, reaping day, there's not a lot of people like in that square. And you they can't travel, right? Like they're not allowed to travel, they're not allowed to go outside of this little area. Um, and so it's not like people are coming down from different parts of the district to this one area. Like, I guess maybe like shit was just so bad that there really aren't that many people left, but they're like, for example, they are responsible for all the coal in the entire country and each district has their thing that they are responsible for providing to the capital. And so it is, that's just a little tidbit that was interesting to me. (laughs) And District 13 got blasted into smithereens because during the rebellion, they, you know, they rebelled really hard against the Capitol and they kind of led that charge. And so the Capitol just fucking demolished them. Bye. They got <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, should we talk about Katniss's mom really fast? Yeah, I think we touched on it like a little bit earlier, but we can dive into that a little bit more because that dynamic is Hello, rough. rough. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. I mean, she doesn't have a great relationship with her mom because when her dad died, Katniss's mom just, like, checked the fuck out. Like, she just... And clearly had depre- like, depression. Yeah. Seri- like, she Deep couldn't depression. do anything. And it was, like, a very long period of time. And that's why Katniss had to learn to hunt and forage and, like... Became a- the mom for she- Prim. 
became the sole provider for the entire family. The mom doesn't work. She does, like, some healing because she was a healer. But, like, it's, I mean, that's pretty much it. Katniss, if she doesn't provide, they don't eat. I think this is... It's a favorite situation. Yeah, I think this is pivotal to her relationships Mm -hmm. and men, like Peta and Gail as well, um, of why she's so guarded, too. Oh, of course. Because yeah. of everything that, that she had to grow up with and how traumatic it was. So I feel like her mom will continue to be in each of these books and be a part yeah. of Katniss's journey. Yeah, we'll definitely see that dynamic and how it develops certain changes. Yeah. And yeah. Um, But for all intents and purposes, like Katniss's soul kind of goal and purpose in her life is to take care of her sister mm-hmm. you know and that's exactly how this started is that prim got you know called as the tribute on the first time she was ever in the reaping at 12 years old and katniss was like uh fuck that like i'm gonna do it because she can't she knew prim wouldn't survive but i don't think katniss expected to survive either i think she just couldn't stand to Think about her sister dying. Yeah, the typical hero that doesn't believe in themselves. Yeah, until yeah. she does. <laughs> until she does, yeah. Yeah. Ma'am. Um, something that happened, though, in the movie that they didn't do in the books, obviously, because we're getting Katniss's perspective, is that when Peta and Katniss, you know, challenged the Capitol by trying to eat the berries to die together because they decided they weren't going to let them both win, um... They killed the game maker with those berries yeah. at the very end. And I was like, that, I feel like, was a good scene to throw in there. Because it really shows you, like, how truly evil and, like, com- like controlling and shitty that government is. I enjoyed that extra scene. It was good. I did, too. It was, I mean, just a little thing. But I feel like it held a lot of weight. She is brilliant at the little Easter eggs. I know. You know. I know. I feel she is a queen of symbolism. <laughs> Super true. Super yeah. true. Yeah. It was good. Um, I, I mean, was just excited that they made the Capitol people look exactly how I f- pictured them. I know. <laughs> so perfectly. And even the land and the city of the Capitol, the train, the everything looked how I pictured it. Mm-hmm. It I was great. It. it was so good. Yeah. And then, you know, we obviously we leave off with the cliffhanger of, okay, what's next? This We feel like there's these rumblings of a rebellion. What's going to happen with Katniss and Peeta? And the next book is a shit show. Yes. We so get a lot more characters. Really, the story definitely intensifies. One of the most handsome man yes. alive is in this next book. <laughs> the next well, movie. The next movie. <laughs> But yeah, I am so excited to dive into the next one because the story, like, really, it's not picks that it up. like picks up because it, I mean, because it is already really intense, but it's just like so different and not at all. I remember when I was reading it, like, not at all what I expected. But they feel more adult to me in the oh, next book, definitely. So it it really in that aspect picks up. Yeah. I agree. And it's very intense. So I'm excited. If you haven't read the next book and you're listening to this, uh, jump. On it. Yes. <laughs> Jump the, on the it. The movie is amazing, too. Yeah. So, so great. to watch it. I know. I know. Okay. Well, anything else we wanted to touch on that we didn't? I don't know, but y'all need to watch 
and read. Please (laughs) and thank you. Yes, please. All right. Well, we'll see you next week for Catching Fire. Things are going to intensify. So, yeah, check it out. Find us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, um, our website. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell your friends. Ciao. Bye. Thank you.